you as a youth pastor listening can be a part of revitalizing discipleship in your church because you need leaders, Mm -hmm. right? If you can't find people who are mature and maturing disciples of Christ, then sit down with your pastor and say, what is our discipleship strategy at this church? Welcome to the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast, where we talk about the calling of youth pastors to equip students for the work of making disciples moving teens from church attenders to disciple makers. Here are your hosts, Joel Friend and Jeremy Collins. Welcome to Disciple Making Youth Ministry. My name is Jeremy Collins, and I'm here today with my co-host, Joel Friend. Hello, everybody. Yeah, and today we're talking about how to care for and lead the leaders of your youth ministry. Joel, you and I have been doing this for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Over a decade each, and we've both been in the same churches for a lot of that time. And today, we are going to share some of what we've learned, particularly in the ways not to do this, but also in the ways uh, we can help lead these leaders. Yeah, like Jeremy said, our goal is to help you think about you and your leaders and your youth ministry. And specifically, we're going to walk through how to build a team of leaders and what to do with them once you have them. And then what we want to do is close out with some uh, some helpful tips for you that are going to come from our huge fountain of wealth and knowledge from over the years <laughs> of... I, 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 think this, I think this podcast could be rightly named How Not to Do Youth Ministry uh, and uh, by guys who've been doing it for a while. So yeah. Let me give you an example of just that because when I first started here at Bakerstown, I did it by myself. I did everything by myself. I was uh, the the lead teacher and uh, thought all of it was done. I did have a small team of parents that would help plan events and fundraisers. Um, but in terms of the day-to-day ministry and the games and the small groups, I really just did it all. And it came back to really, I think, two reasons I did that. One, I thought I could do it better than everyone else. Hmm. And that's wrong. <laughs> I can't. There's there's so many talented people in our ministry that I need to give space to. And two, I also thought it was my calling to be the sole teacher, preacher, and leader for these kids. And boy, both of those, I have just, I've confessed those. And, and that is not how I see, uh, or I know how you've come to see youth mm-hmm. ministry. And so uh, if you are listening right now and you want to learn from the mistakes, as Joel said, of some veteran youth pastors, you're in the right place. And so what we've uh, aptly named this episode is Pastoring the Pastors, and and uh, we kind of asked the question, okay, well, what does it mean to pastor the pastors? And I think to give just a succinct, uh, you know, idea to that is that what we don't want for our, our youth, and uh, we, don't, we don't want chaperones, uh, we want leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want people that are just going to sit on the sidelines and just watch kids interact with each other, but the kinds of people that you want uh, that are going to be um, talking to students, engaging in small groups. And, and become the soul, uh, sort of the, you know, not the soul, but the um, uh, one of the primary, uh, you know, spiritual uh, guides uh, for whenever they're there at youth group. I think, uh, to your point, what we tend to do as people in our positions, we think that we need to be the primary people, mm-hmm. but we're only one person. we got a lot of kids, depending on our setting. And so I think what we want to try to do is, okay, how do we go through the process of being, you know, directors of student ministries, but then uh, being able to pastor and spend time with the kids who are spending more time uh, with their small groups, right? So, you know, we got a, 
uh, our youth ministry is probably somewhere around, uh, let's say for our high school ministry, we get about 30 kids, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I can't spend time with all 30 kids, but you want to know who can is, uh, uh, you know, seven different leaders can, and they can be broken up into smaller groups and they log way more hours than I do, uh, and so they are they are the primary pastors of the primary uh, spiritual influences when they're there uh, in our youth gatherings. Um, obviously, at home, the parents are going to be uh, the primary ones for sure, but when they're in our uh, at our gatherings, the, the small group leaders are going to have that primary role. So To add to that, I remember it was maybe five or six years ago, I was at a Pittsburgh Youth Workers Conference hosted at Christ Church at Grove Farm, yeah. and I think it was Marco that was talking, and he said something to the effect of um, if you got into youth ministry because you want to spend time with kids you're not a youth pastor you're a youth leader yeah because it's the youth leaders that really need to be spending time with these kids Uh, and that really hit me to remember man I can be so much more effective for the kingdom by training up yeah. leaders than trying to do it all myself. Which sounds like it that might be disciple making. Oh. Right? So yeah. it's the if we are truly serious about the disciple making process, I think one thing that we need to keep in mind is that we are not the primary disciple makers and we're actually going to be more effective if we divvy up those responsibilities and tasks. And I think that makes us that, that forces us to be very mindful about specifically the kinds of people that we allow to be mm. leaders, right? Mm. So I think there's, uh, we're going to look at that here in a second, but I think we need uh, we need to be specific about that ask based on our vision for what and what God's vision for disciple making is and how you want to get that done. Um, so yeah, our outline is going to be pretty simple. We're going to talk about how to build a team, but also what to do with your team, what you have. it. So we'll, let's kick off with that first one mm-hmm. on how to build a team. I think one of the primary ones that people can struggle with from, from time to time, and I know this is this has been true for me in the past but i've overcome it at times is uh basically recruiting like how in the world do you recruit jeremy what's uh what's a little bit of your process yeah uh they can't see it here but i'm holding our volunteer handbook we have a, a little pamphlet we put together that breaks down the aspects of our ministry and we have a core set of beliefs and standards we hold leaders to and usually when we're having a conversation it, it isn't just a invite from the front, but these are leaders that I'm meeting with or finding or picking and looking to, and our standards are are pretty straightforward and simple, and it just comes down to this, live in submission to God's word, be like Jesus, work hard, be kind, love kids. And if we're finding people like that, the rest will fall into place. Yeah, there's. I imagine there's some people that are like, I don't like kids. And so I'm like, okay, so then you you probably shouldn't <laughs> you probably shouldn't be in this role. I'm sure someone listening right now is like, you know, I, I've heard stuff like, um, uh, you know, I really believe in you, the leader talking to the youth, you know, I really want to help you, but I really don't like these kids. And it's just like, oh, we need to find a better place for you then. Um, and so, you know, uh, for us, um, what we tend to do is... Uh, uh, we kind of have like a, I don't want to put it this way, but a hit list. Mm, we kind of have yeah. a couple people in yeah. mind at the back end of a season uh, to be able to consider uh, for the fall. And uh, I basically go and plant those seeds in early uh, early April uh, mm-hmm. or early April into May. And then I revisit those near the end of the summer. And it's like, hey, let's, let's actually put some, uh, let me give you some vision for what we hope this will ultimately be and how sure. I think you could fit into it. And so, you know, we do go up to people in our church and, we don't really care about the age. Uh, I think there is a, a sort of a mm-hmm. semi-notion out there that uh, 
only young people are going to connect with young people. That is a that's a farce, uh, because uh, our our one of our best leaders. I mean, all of our leaders are pretty remarkable. But one of my best leaders has been there for eleven years. She's almost seventy years old, and she's faithful. I mean, and she she has the three qualities that all the other leaders have in our ministry: uh, love God, uh, uh, loves God's word, and then last but not least, she loves students. And if you mm-hmm. have those three, I don't care what your age are ages. Uh, we want you to be part of our team. We're, we're much in the same, and I'm sure a lot of you listening are in similar situations with similar standards. And, and I think the question then becomes, how do we find these people? And one of the things that I've done has been, I, I started not that long ago, about a year and a half ago, it kind of shut down during the pandemic, unfortunately, but a Bible study right. with middle, middle school dads. Mm. And this wasn't originally intended to find leaders, but we met faithfully every Tuesday morning at a Starbucks, 5.30 in the morning, studying God's word together. And now fast forward a year and a half later, one of them is an elder, one of them just finished being an elder, two other are serving in our youth ministry, and a third, and another one is a children's in children's ministry. Yeah. So when you start doing life with people together, eventually leadership kind of just comes to the surface. Now... If you had told me two years ago, hey, spend 12 months with these guys and a few yeah. of them will be your leaders, right. there's got to be someone that I can find today. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the slow cook process, man, these are some of the most faithful, and it's so good to have them a part of the ministry. And I don't know what I'd do without them. Yeah. I think uh, a couple of years ago when I was younger, I read in this book by Doug Fields, it was first two years in youth ministry. He had this great line that always stayed with me. He said, when it comes to recruiting leaders, uh, be picky, not desperate. And I, and I found that when I was, you know, back then, I just wanted anybody to, I wanted a warm body to stand in a room and to, you know, make my ratios work and for me to feel like I wasn't the only mm-hmm. one and stuff like that. But I found that there was a cost that when you got people who truly didn't want to be there or they didn't want to be committed to the ultimate cause of what you were doing. I had one, I had one guy uh, one year, um, he basically, you know, he would show up 10 minutes late. And he'd miss the leaders meeting and then he would not say anything to anybody. They'd go in a small group and he uh, he came out when they said amen. He was walking out of the door and we still had like 15 minutes of hang time. And I used to say, hey, like, where are you going? And I had like a I had like a one on one with him. And he was like, hey, just so you know, when I'm done, I'm done. And I just had this like. I don't think you're, I don't think you're getting it. I don't think you get the vision. And so I think we need to be mm-hmm. uh, very picky about the people that we want, especially if like in, in our situation for our church, we're just heading this really strong disciple making model and you need to have those people with that same heart. Mm-hmm. If you, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have people that don't love God's word and aren't going to try to teach it to these kids and aren't going to be that relational support system for them. And you know, if you don't have those components and you're just, uh, you're asking for for headaches to happen when it comes sure. to your leadership. Um, and so for our expectations, you know, uh, we, we're upfront about like, hey, by the way, I, I mean, I tell them this in their very first meeting, in our first meeting in terms of like, you know, when they're interested, I say, here's how it works. Like, you're their pastor. Yep. Like, you are going to log the most hours with them. You are going to have the most conversations with them. You're actually going to build re- better relationships with them than I than I will. And so my job is to spend time with you to help train you, and we'll get to that here in a little bit, to equip you uh, and see how you're doing. So I get to shepherd. I'm kind of the shepherd over the flock of my leaders, mm-hmm. and uh, I get to make sure that they're doing okay spiritually, you know, emotionally, all that stuff, but they're also feel like they're 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 good to go in terms of being 
prepared every week. And so uh, we have this, uh, it's not a standard, but I say, hey, we have an ideal and we have a real. The ideal is that when you have started this, I'll say we brought in a sixth grade leader, uh, you know, uh, that when you've started this, you will graduate them with them when they graduate sure. when they're in 12th grade. So that means they'd be there for seven years. Uh, I have one woman who has gone two cycles through wow. our youth ministry. Uh, and it's it's incredible how long she now she's been there she was there before I got there but then we have I have um, I have several leaders right now that are going on year four like I got a couple I got a ninth grade guy who's been there since those boys are in sixth grade I mean that's their youth pastor yep. I mean he yep. knows those guys so well when I talk to him he's just like the way he talks I'm like dude this dude's just just being a butthead right now with him in the room and like the kid can hear it because he knows that and so I think you know the the we know the real is probably that mm-hmm. you're going to have somebody you get you get someone burned out but we try to cast vision early uh when we go to have these conversations with people just say like hey we're in it for this long haul for the long haul we believe disciple uh, disciple making is a uh, a lifelong process yep. but it's going to take a lot of time for us to do it are you willing to be uh in commitment to these things and of course you hold leaders at higher standards in terms of their mm-hmm. behavior outside mm-hmm. of things and so on and so forth so that's kind of what we're doing well, and something you shared with me, I think it was offline, I don't think it was on a podcast, but talking about where we find leaders and and swimming in the pools of our church's already existing discipleship programs. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that this is so important that uh, you as a youth pastor listening can be a part of revitalizing discipleship in your church because you need leaders, mm-hmm. right? If you can't find people who are mature and maturing disciples of point. Christ, then sit down with your pastor and say, what is our discipleship strategy at this church? And how can we grow leaders, not just for youth ministry, but who are going to do the work of ministry in their jobs, in their families, everywhere. And when we start having more people like that in our church, man, recruitment doesn't doesn't come easy, but it's way easier. Yeah, I think there are, when there's, especially you have people in Bible studies and they're learning stuff. We, um, uh, we do a thing for our men's ministry called CLC, Christian Leadership Conference, and um, and those dudes are like, their guys are neck deep in their material. And so that, I mean, that's all about disciple making. And so it's not a hard sell. I think the one, they mm-hmm. love God, they love God's word. I just, I just need them to love students. Mm-hmm. I got two guys that are in our youth ministry right now that are involved in CLC, uh, and they're just on fire for God right now, and they want to be able to influence these kids. And so I think, uh, I think that is an important aspect of of what you just said is like what is already existing that's that's that people are already fired up about that you can just like move their momentum towards like okay hey now you can be responsible and to disciple these groups and like I said I don't care about their age um, when it comes to that but I think that's a really great idea to find people we also I just keep my eyes out I mean uh, open I have uh, I have three leaders right now that went on a mission trip with us just kind of randomly we just asked them to go and they went and we I just found that they gravitated to hanging out with the kids a lot not in a creepy way uh but <laughs> they just like i had one guy just come and play kickball with us and yeah. he was an older dude and and he just had a heart for just hard for students and so that's where he wanted to be and i was like hey what would you think about coming serving weekly and he's like absolutely so he's mm-hmm. he's there every week he's he's got his group of boys he'd been with them for almost two years and then i have two leaders that have almost been there two years as well and it's just because they get exposed to hanging around with students in various events and trips and and they want to be a part of that process. Yeah, that's that's a great way to 
get them involved quick, jump in a trip and see how, what it's like. Absolutely. So that's a little bit about how we recruit and bring a team together and what we envision. And we're on the same page when we're talking about yep. what do our teams look like. Now, what do you do? How do you equip? How do you train? How do you lead? How do you disciple this group yep. of young adults, adults to do the work of the ministry? Yeah. So we take a couple of different runs at it. Um, you got to, yeah, I try, there's not a, uh, I don't have a silver bullet for this. I just take a couple of different approaches. I mean, one is, is like, I, I make sure that I try to check in with my leaders every six to eight weeks. Now, uh, uh, mm-hmm. For our team, it's uh, you know I you know spend time with the the, the male leaders and Sophia yep. are, uh, spends time with the female leaders, and so every six to eight weeks, just check in and say, hey, how's it going? How's your group doing? Um, you know what's what's been going really well, um, and what's been a struggle. But then also, it's just like, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, are you you know how are things going for you at church? Like, I, I think it's an opportunity not only pastor to them when it comes to training, but it's also the opportunity for them to um, you know to be cared for you know spiritually as well and, and emotionally. And so that's that's one thing we do. We make sure to, uh, to, to check in with our leaders every six to eight weeks to see how things are going for them in the group, but also in terms of them personally. And then, you know, we, uh, we've we done a variety of trainings over the years. We've done a couple rounds of the national volunteer uh, training that, uh, mm-hmm. uh, National mm-hmm. Day of Volunteer Training that uh, Download yeah. Ministry puts on, which has been really good. But as I'm sure many people listening, just to struggle to get like leaders there. I was just so lenient this year. And I was like, yeah, so it's like really good. You could come if you want. And then people are like, okay, I'm not going to come next year. I'm going to be like, you have (laughs) Have to to come to this. Like this, if you want to be better, um, we, we need you to come to this. And then kind of, you know, we, we hand out materials. So we have a budget for it. So we give them, I've given at least two books of the years, like new kind of leader Mm -hmm. uh, by Reggie Joyner, which is great book. book. And then, um, uh, we also give them as a, as a gift, um, a 99 thoughts of a small group leader by Josh Griffin. It actually has like a hundred and 26 thoughts so it's uh, under promise over deliver uh but so what we try to do is uh, give them that and then the other like you know maybe an unsung hero about discipling and training is making sure that you've communicated with your leaders exactly what's being taught on every week uh what the the, the questions are what uh, what the expectations for those groups are and, and and sometimes i have i have leaders that are like we never got to the questions tonight and if i get a couple weeks of that in a row i feel like i have to go okay so like the important part is that I understand the relational part, but these conversations are crucial too. So let's mm-hmm. continue. So you kind of have to, there's think of it like a true North. You got to bring them back to mm-hmm. what we're trying to ultimately accomplish too. But, um, but yeah, so that's a little bit of what we do. What do we, what do you guys do? Yeah. And, and it's looked a lot different, uh, during the pandemic. It's been a struggle if I'm being right. honest right. and many of, and if, if you've been listener for the podcast for any amount of time, you've heard me say this, a lot of my volunteers are parents and the pandemic has really hit families hard. And so we've lost a lot of those volunteers for the time being. Um, but what a lot of what we would do would be getting together either quarterly or monthly as a full team and doing studies, talking about youth ministry. We would have uh, weekly email check-ins as well as tip videos and all kinds of different things just to keep them being learners and keep them diving deeper into God's word. And what does it look like to be a small group leader? What does it look to like to be a leader with youth ministry. And then a lot of our time really was spent before and after youth group nights, checking in, talking, how did the night go? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the the cool things that happened recently is one of our leaders this past year moved down to Memphis 
uh, and took a teaching position down there. And so we started making care packages and sending stuff down to her and, and using the other leaders to be a part of that, to show how much we care and love care packages, as well as part of that disciple making, because it's not just about information transfer, it's his relationship together, life together. And if your leaders know that you care about them, yeah, oh, they're, they're going to be sold out to continue to love kids. Yeah, you got to take care of your leaders, man. Like anytime we go out and for dinner, I always pay for them. Yep. Like I, I think, you know, giving them resources, yep. letting them know, you know, that we're here from you. We bought the whole, uh, I'm sure if Josh is listening to this, we bought the, we bought a license for the DYMU and we just, we're just trying to give them the resources to be able to, you know, be at their best and sure. to ask them really good questions to grow. And I think if you have leaders that are willing to learn new things, um, I think that'll benefit your students. And so, yeah, I, that, that's a good reminder too, is especially in this COVID time is like, Hey, how can you, you know, what are the small, tiny ways, like the little texts you can tiny send yeah. that you can do? Um, have you ever done anything with like your, uh, your students, like, uh, you know, doing something nice for your leaders you ever have anything like that happen we we would do some things that would come out of more what we would do sunday mornings uh when we had groups meeting sunday mornings which we haven't for right now uh where kids would do cards and like a card shower um and put things together but we haven't done anything of that recently so maybe we should now that you say that yeah i was just thinking that right now this is like ah that's you know, I I think I used to be better at that, but yeah. like uh, I I feel like uh, that's something I could get better at in here in a little while. Like last May, like we we had uh, somebody, I think it was listening to a um a a training one time, and someone was like, "Hey, at the beginning of the year, uh, have your have your leaders do a little survey. Like, what's their favorite food? What's mm. their favorite drink? Where's mm. their favorite place to eat? So on and so forth. So you all you have all these pre made ideas that if you wanted to gift your kid, like I had, you know, one uh, one leader uh, that liked Sprecker's cream soda. And by the way, you cannot find that anywhere. But I ordered a case of it offline and it was like $40. But like I got to drop that off at their front porch. Yep. So, like you you can bless your leaders in this way and let them know, hey, you this is a really cool and important part of uh, of being able to care for leaders is to be able to let them know that you do appreciate them. I feel like at at this moment I could do a little bit better of a job of that, but they're definitely I definitely communicate with them and they're not confused each week uh, of what is expected of them and what we're doing. Well, and, and I think we could keep going on and on about different ways to care for your leaders, but we'd also love to hear if you've got any thoughts or ideas, if you've had something yeah. that you've done, uh, please let us know. Send us an email at disciplemakingym at gmail.com. And, and if you've got something that you just want people to know about, I would love to hear uh, your what's worked for you in your context. So as we kind of wind things down and in, in some of the conversation, any, anything that we didn't talk about that you've just been burning to say about leading the leaders, pastoring the pastors? No, I, I think I, I think I said it all. I think for me, the I, I just want to I want to jump up and down about the the value of having uh, a multitude of people. Uh, pouring into your student ministries mm -hmm. that aren't just you. Because mm -hmm. if you want, I think part of the reason why we've managed to last so long is because we haven't made it all about us. And so sure. I think it is find a team, find people that love God, love God's word and love students uh, and ask them to be a part of that. And, uh, and you know, I think uh, the, a solid prayer. And as Jesus says, like, you know, the harvest is ripe for picking, pray mm -hmm. that we provide mm -hmm. the, you know, we provide the workers for the field to, you know, pick things out. And so I, 
I think uh, I think that's an important thing. And so, pastoring the pastors is a great role for us to have uh, as people in our positions to be able to just say, "Hey, it's not all about us. It's about these people, and that their perspective um, uh, is as valuable as mine." But even more so, theirs because they're spending more time with kids. You know, I was wondering, uh, and we maybe do this at a different podcast. Uh, is a uh, conversation about student leadership. Yes. I kind of had that down in my notes. I think we should make that a separate podcast. I agree. I yeah, agree. so the, those are my kind of closing thoughts. Get some leaders, pastor the crap out of them, and that's a great way to continue to move forward this, this disciple-making process. I mean, think about this, and this has been on my heart and mind for a little while. Where else in our world do we have generations coming together, yeah. building relationship that lasts sometimes a lifetime. I don't have the statistics on this and I wish I did. If I was doing a doctoral study, I think I would do it on this. So if you're looking to do a doctoral study, take this, run with it. Hmm. The first one's free. Um, But I wonder how many students, teenagers who have committed suicide and taken their own life didn't have many adult relationships Hmm. outside of their immediate family. Because the more adults, and when I look back at my life, how many adults were in my life and spoke truth into my life and I could go to and be in relationship with continually. And so as a youth pastor, I look at my role as saying, I need to put as many adults into the lives as kids as possible, especially if those adults love Christ and love kids. And by doing that, I'm not just staving off mental health issues and all those things, but I am setting up these kids to understand what it is to be the church. And I think that's an important part of this leadership role. The church isn't just youth group, but the church is way bigger than that. Yeah, awesome. Well, we're so glad that you guys joined us this week. Uh, this seems like a briefer one that we've done in the past. I think we, we're, maybe we're on we're... topic. Do you have any tips before we go? Do you have any tip, like the, the one thing that you would give as a tip of someone who's getting ready in youth ministry to start making leaders and discipling leaders? What would your tip be? Man, you just... You just sprung this on me. I know so, I did. I know. Uh, the one tip that I would give to them in, in recruiting and sure. that yeah. sort of thing. Starting. If you're starting right now. If I was starting right now, uh, I would say, you know, go to any ministry leads and, you know, and say, hey, who are some people that you think would be really great in youth ministry? So I think we have, you know, we often go to our women's ministry person mm-hmm. and we say, if, we, if we're in need of women, it's like, hey, is there anybody that would love God, love students yep. and, and love God's word? And they would give them to us. And, and uh, we've gone to our children's ministry people. And so sometimes that they know that there's some people that move on. For it. So we go to our ministry leads uh, and we ask them, or if you can go to the, the you know, the nearest Bible study to you for people who are pretty serious about this and just ask around like, sure. Hey, we're looking for people who love God, love Jesus, uh, and loves and loves, uh, love God, love Jesus, love Jesus, love, um, God's word and love students. And, and we want you to be part of what we're doing. So I'd say go to come some of those places. Do you have any tips? Yeah, I got one. And I think this one's helpful and it gets back to how to care for leaders, maybe not the recruitment. So you've taken the recruitment. Here's mine on how to care for leaders. When you first get your leaders, give them a questionnaire, find out what they like, and then bless them with what they like. Pay attention to what they like and give them back what they like. It will show that you're listening to them. So if you ask what kind of food they like and they like Thai food, guess where you're taking that leader to lunch next time you go out to lunch? You're going to Thai food. Didn't I just say that though? You kind of did. 
<laughs> maybe you know what you maybe helpful can you put a thing up on the on the uh, sure. on the thing that do you want to come up with that like yes. you know type that out, i have one that, i can share yeah yeah share it on the page i think that'd be really good um but yeah uh because i was like i was listening i was like i swear i just said that jeremy but you, that is, you did i'm saying but helpful it, tip. take the actual habit of them writing it down and then put it into practice. It's a, if you could take one thing from this podcast, it's that Jeremy and I are totally on the same page all the time. We just say With the same thing in in different ways. So, but we are so we are yes. so grateful to you guys for joining us. Uh, next week will be a interesting hmm. topic. We are going to be it, we have titled the episode "The Bible Problem," and we are going to be looking at the uh, the topic of biblical literacy. Not only in adult church, but but we'll have a focus on it within the context of youth ministry and how we can help our students read the Bible better. Yeah, and this is what started the podcast. This is this conversation is yes. why we're even here. So yeah. I'm excited to have that conversation. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on whatever podcasting site you use. Leave a review if you haven't already. We thank you for joining us as we've looked at this topic, and we're excited to see and hear about how you're finding ways to disciple students in your context. We'll catch you on the next one. See you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast. We sure do hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe wherever it is you consume your podcasts. We hope you have been encouraged by what you have heard and you're ready to jump into the hard work of disciple making. Catch you on the next one.